Thank y'all for tuning in, man. In just a moment, you're going to get a listen to the sit-down I had with NFL vet Chris Houston. I just want to take the time out to express my appreciation and my gratitude for your support. Let's go. Welcome to the locker room today, y'all. This is T, man. We got a very, very, very special guest, man, on the show with us today. We got Austin, Texas native, LBJ legend on both sides of the ball. And I heard he was nice on the court, too. Uh, we got Arkansas Razorback, All-American, All-SEC Conference, drafted second round in 2007 to the Falcons. Man, we got NFL vet Chris Houston with us, man. I appreciate you for joining me tonight, man. Man, I appreciate you for having me. Man, I yep. met you in Austin, Texas, maybe in 2008. So you was fresh in the league, okay. uh, already doing your thing. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You had a Hummer sitting on them things, right? Yeah, 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 I did. I did. That was yeah, my first yes. purchase. So, so was that what you have on there? Was it some 30s? Yeah, 30s. Yeah. Man, my partner took me to get my uh, first set of locks put in at this shop. Uh, and that's where I met you. At. I don't, I, you know, I'm one of a, probably a million people you done met or, <laughs> or dapped up along the way. So I know you can't put your mind on it. But, man, let me tell you how, how much of a stain that left on my brain, bro. I left there. You was legit the first NFL athlete that I had met. And it made me see, hey, man, these athletes are, are real people, man. They're real down-to-earth people. They just got a different opportunity, and they, their no profession doubt. is different. No doubt. That's it. That's all, that's all, that's all it is. We regular people and that, uh, you know, that uh, made it. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I put my pants on one leg at a time just like you, my man. How's post-NFL life treating you? Post NFL life in the beginning, I'm not gonna lie to you, was was uh, a hard thing. But I already knew that um, my time was gonna be limited in the NFL because of you know foot injuries I've had throughout my whole career from high school mm -hmm. to college. So I already knew my time was running out. So I already kind of had different dreams to do different things after football. So. I just had to uh, kind of dibble and dabble in certain things and uh, start from the bottom again and kind of got into some different ventures. What would you say is the venture that takes up most of your time? Probably my kids, but before I had my kids, um, I got into real estate and uh, that was like a passion of mine. And then I went back to college and I got my degree. Ficking out has been embedded in me since I was uh, young. So I just started giving back to the community, the kids with, um, you know, working out in high school, going by there, um, talking to the youth, uh, just giving back to these kids. Um, so that so that has been majority of my time taken up with the kids. You was a two sport athlete in high school. How did you get into two sports? Uh, well, I always played basketball. Basketball uh, was kind of like my first love. But then I kind of realized that, you know, I wasn't going to be six foot four and that type. And I only took 11 guys that football. And I said, well, well, they take they take 53 guys. You know what I'm saying? So my opportunity will be better. I'm I, you know, I'm around that size. I'm fast. I'm strong. So let me take what I got and work on my craft and let's see. And, and I know I can get there. So uh, just let me get into college and, and my do everything else they tell me to do. At what point did it click that? Yo, I, I can actually make it. Um, the 11th grade year when I started getting these letters from these colleges, like I didn't even, uh, 
my parents didn't we didn't even know the structure on how to get into college how they go you know and then i just started getting my first letter scholarship letters from these colleges i saw that then i'm like oh shoot i got my first scholarship offer uh i think from oklahoma or somebody and then once i started getting that then i'm like oh this is it that's all i need and uh, i just started hitting the gym I started gravitating to guys who was kind of older than me, who went into the locker room, who had a good work ethic. And I just started picking back off of them, going to the gym throughout the summer. I'm in the summer. I'm running. I'm doing the things that other people wasn't doing. And I get to college, you know, you steps ahead of people. So how office do you think you left with? Uh, I probably left with like 10 or 12. Um, I had uh, Oklahoma, LSU, Arkansas, Kansas State, Nebraska, Texas, um, pretty much all the top, all the top colleges, really. Mm -hmm. um, so is some cats right now going into their senior year. They've been putting their blood, sweat, and tears in. Okay. Nobody's calling their phone. Okay. What are you going to do? Figure out the position that they going to play in college and find uh -huh. a college that doesn't have many good, many good recruits in that position and go mm -hmm. compete, find out who's the seniors that's leaving and who they have, how their backups are. And, and if they feel that, you know, they got they can go, you know, and they compete with them, then yeah. go to that school uh, and and get enrolled and, you know, talk to the coach and, and tell them, like, hey, uh, you know, of course it'd be a little bias in there, but, you know, football is a long, is a long season and, and things happen, people's injuries and, and no chance to show what you got right there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So go in there and find out where uh, a place is lacking in and go in there and, and have a mindset of, all right, I'm going to go in here and work. I'm going uh, to try to impress the coach and practice every day. Uh, whether it's special teams, that that's yeah. the first that's the first step you want to, want to be on. You want to fill in the special teams. That that's a huge part of it. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not right. going to go in there and be a star right off the back. So you want to impress them on special teams first. It's not over. You got opportunity. Yes. Walk on. Go out there. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't see some scout team All Americans that have became some All Conference players too. Facts. Responsible for your effort. As long as you give me your effort and you're in shape and you're doing all the right things, then stuff will come back around. Like I said, football is a long season. It's injury. Potentially get a shot. Right. So it's never over. Hey, like when you got to Arkansas, like, man. So I get up there, uh, first time away from home, uh, shoot, I, I cried like a baby. But in a sense, I had uh, elder guys on that team who uh, – who told me that they was going to look after me, you know, and they did that. That kind of made me more comfortable with knowing that I, it was a brotherhood there. So I kind of felt comfortable when I first got there, you know what I'm right. saying? So that made it more easier for me. And did you feel that comfort at, when you went out there on your recruiting trip? Uh, yeah, I felt that comfort on my recruiting trip uh, because of the, the guy showed a lot of love. It was a um, it was a guy named Amar Carroll, and, and he was the big time cornerback there, and he was headed to the league, and everybody was talking about him, and, and um, you know he was the man on campus. And when I got up there, he was like a guy, one of um, I forgot what they call it, a recruit guy or whatever. Oh, he was host. there, to, yeah. yeah, my host. He was there to show yeah. me around. And, uh, you know, he took me under his wing, and, and and he felt like a brother to me, felt like somebody back home, like one of my cousins or something. 
you know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, so it felt good to know that he would be up there when I got up there. So it, it made it a little more easier for me. For three years. You mm-hmm. didn't left college early to go yeah. to the league. So yes, what sir. point from your freshman to your junior year did you say, hey, man, <laughs> I got what it takes, and, and I, I know for a fact I'm going to get drafted? Once I've... I started um, when I got to my junior year, uh, I went in the office and I asked, I, I kind of sat back and I evaluated how guys get into the league and how you get into the league is you got to uh, go against the best. You know, that's what anything you got to go against the best to, sh- to get your name out there. Yeah. So I went to Coach Houston, the office, and we had USC, the first game national televised and uh, Dwayne Jarrett was the number one wide receiver in the nation. And uh, that that whole summer, I studied him that his his film on him, and I told Coach Nut, uh, I want to hold him one on one. If you give him to me the whole game, I shut him out. And uh, Coach Nut told me that if I worked hard and I done everything on my end, then he would let me do that. So the first game came around. Dwayne Jarrett was the number one. We are national television number one wide receiver. He got all the NFL scouts looking at him, and I shut him out. And then I'm like, okay, well, you know, I got something. You know, uh, after that game, you know, the sports commentators saying my name and just a little buzz, and they thought it was a fluke. Yeah. So next week we had another ranked team, another wide receiver that was ranked uh, that we played. And I told Coach Nut, hey, give him to me again, you know, and I shut him out. And then that's two. And then I'm saying, oh, well, these guys ain't, you know, if they NFL guys, then shoot, and I'm shutting them out there. You know, I got a little potential. You know, I started getting my little swagger together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, well, I got something. Yeah. So then Coach Nut saw that, saw that um, hunger in me. So he continued to give me the best wide receiver on each team week in and week out. And I continue to do my thing. And then after I started shutting those top wide receivers out, then my name started buzzing, saying, okay, well, he's a good cornerback. He's one of the top in the SEC. And once they started doing that, then I'm saying, hey, shoot, if they first-round draft picks, then I know I'm somewhere around here. And then right. it went from there. You know, it just gradually built from that. That made the whole family happy. It did. It did. So – so, and, and you hear a lot about this, players uh, from college, they get drafted, they make it, then next thing you know, it's a good it's a good thing, but then, you know, it's a lot of people with their hands out. Is that like, seriously like that? <laughs> oh, man, you wouldn't even understand. Oh, man, that's like the, that's like the Achilles heel for every athlete. But if you have a foundation, you know, when you come from nothing and and you think that you when you make it that you're supposed to take everybody that's that's your first thought you know um especially in our culture it's like oh, i'm gonna take care of everybody you know and you got that mentality and everybody know what you're making because they putting it out in in the newspaper and it's blasted everywhere so your family know it and you're like okay well it's my responsibility but now if you come from a foundation, now athletes understand that now, you know, because there's more stories that they can see out there now where um, they're watching athletes go broke early and, and families are seeing that how, you know, people got their hands out. So it's easy to learn from that. But if you don't have a strong foundation, it's easier to, you know, give your money out to people and, and you know, uh, 
mess off a lot of money. You know, it's easy for that. But once you step a foot in the league, it's going to be a lot of that. But if the key is you got to have a strong foundation around you that tells, that keep those leeches away from you, you know, yeah. uh, keep a bunch of smart people around you and you'll be okay. You know, and one thing I can say is my mother, um, when I got to the league, she got me a financial advisor and she put took some of my money and put it away in different places so that I wasn't just spending everything, you know. So that's one thing I had with that strong foundation with my mother. Right. Yeah. But she was like, hey, I'm about to get this Hummer, though, on these 30s. Yeah, yeah, that was a dream of mine. I always wanted that, you know, um, and I still have it to this day. Uh, yeah, that was one of the first vehicles that that I always wanted as a little boy was a Hummer, and uh, yeah. yeah, and that was my first purchase, you know. Um, yeah, so yeah, yes, sir, that was it. Okay, so so you made it. Um, what what was something that you can say that you would change, whether it's in high school or college, you say, hey, man, if I could go back and redo this and do this this way, I probably would have went first round top 10 picks. Is there anything that you could think of that that might help the young cats coming up? Um, I would say when I first got in the league, I would have chose mentor to learn how to work work in the league uh yeah how to be a professional like when i first mm-hmm. got to the nfl i went to atlanta you know atlanta is a party city yes. you know uh and then you got guys in the locker room who was older um i had a cornerback in our room who was you know young in age and you know he wasn't as mature as a veteran like say if i went to just say if i went to like denver broncos and i had champ Bay in the room he was already an elder guy, and he could show me how to work. I went yeah. to a team with guys who were still young, you know, so so I didn't really understand how to be a professional in Atlanta. You know, I just practiced at home. I didn't understand, like, uh, after get out of practice, do extra work. That's how you separate yourself. During the yeah. summer, uh, don't go home. Don't leave Atlanta and go home to do this. Stay in Atlanta and work on your craft. You know, I didn't understand that. I was doing what the elderly guys that I saw in the locker room do. They would leave and, you know, do this and do that. So I was doing that. You know, I didn't know. You know, I'm fresh. I don't have nobody at home to in my family to tell me, hey, this is what you should be doing. I'm looking at I'm learning from them. You know, so if one thing I could change, I would pick my, my mentor better. I would have picked a better mentor. That's what I would say. Okay, so and then it still seems like in that you emphasize how hard that you still were working. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, when I got to Atlanta, I had a good work ethic, but it wasn't to separate. It, I, like I said, I was doing what I saw other guys do. But right. when I went to Detroit, but no, I changed it back. I, we got Tony Gonzalez in, in Atlanta, and then I started going to practice early and just seeing, like, how he worked, you know what I'm saying, and what he did uh, before practice, after practice, and I started mimicking those those guys who was doing that, and then mm-hmm. I just gradually saw my game start changing, things start changing. So then it gets addicting when you doing stuff in in practice, and it start transferring to the game. You actually making those plays. You like, dang, uh, I'm practicing on it, and practicing and showing up in the game. So I want to do more, and I want to do more because I want to be more successful. 
So you pick up those better habits on how to practice. So it wasn't until we got Tony Gonzalez that I actually understood how to work and be a professional. Oh, man, that's that's you, you done dropped a whole lot of golden nuggets, man. So everybody that's listening, young athletes, parents, Kristen dropped a lot of golden nuggets for your kid to make it. And not only to make it, but to have success and longevity. You got to keep working hard. Never, you know what I'm saying? Just, just don't be okay with being average, man. This man has been talking about how hard he's been working since high school. And I yep. know it was instilled in him, you know, even before then. So it hard work pays off. It definitely um, does. And, and I, I know, you know, a lot of times, man, you grow up and people will tell you, hey, man, the NFL, it's only a once in a million type thing. But it seems like the, the consistency I see with every NFL athlete or NBA athlete is, hey, man, work hard and never not work hard. Right. Correct. Um, that's correct because um, if you don't, it's a million other guys behind you just drooling to take your spot, you know, yeah. and, and they're going to replace you. Uh, you know, it's a business. They're not your friends. They're not your buddies. Uh, it's none of that. You know, if you get injured and a guy come in there and he performs good during the game you and and you sit on the sideline and your injury, you, you get healed back up and he's playing good, they're not going to put you back in if he just got an interception. they like, oh, he's on the road. So let's keep him in. Let's see what he's going to do. And then there you go. You missed your whole opportunity. So mm. – you got to stay hungry. You got to stay hungry like as if, you know, this is your only this is your only shot every year because it's guys waiting behind you that like I said, if you mess up, they put him in, you might not get that chance opportunity again. You know what I'm mm. saying? So you got to stay hungry as if it's your last chance. Yeah. And, and I mean, we've all seen that happen in our own in front of our own eyes, man. Yes, sir. They be good. They get hurt. Next thing you know, they never get that spot back. And they, you know, and it's just a part of it's a business. And yes, no, sir. No hard feelings. But I'm like, hey, if I'm paying, I want to win games. If this guy over here can help me win games, that's just who I'm going to go with. Yes, sir. It is. Yes, sir. It's been great with you, man. I, I, appreciate I appreciate you. you. I appreciate you so much, man, just because I reached out to you. And, I mean, you responded. You was quick with it, man. And. I know so many young athletes, man, are going to be listening to this, man, and they're going to – it's going to change their lives. It's changing my life just to hear your story and knowing, man, I met you. I remember the Hummer on 30. <laughs> I, never got, I never got the backstory. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate you just taking the time out uh, to interview me. Um, I appreciate you. Hey, man, hey, and like I say, man, this is the Locker Room Podcast, and, and we – if I can bring you back again, man, I, I'd be honored, man. No doubt. Uh, I'm here whenever you need me. For the kids, anything I can anything I can help them with, that's why I'm here. That's why God put you in this position and give you give it to you so you can give it to them so they can be better than, than I was and everybody else. So I'm here for you whenever you need me, my guy. Hey, man. And that's our episode. Thank y'all for tuning in. Be on the lookout for more Locker Room.